Generally speaking, I consider myself a safe driver. I usually follow the speed limit. I did manage to get myself a, my first ticket this past November when I missed a 25 mile per hour decrease in the speed limit on a country road in Arkansas. But that's the exception. The point is that I'm usually a law-abiding citizen, and I hope you are as well. But even though I usually follow the speed limit, if I'm driving along and I see a cop, I slam the brakes. My heart rate goes up. I usually pass by hoping he doesn't notice what I hope I'm not doing, whatever he may think I'm doing. I check my rearview mirror to make sure he isn't pulling out behind me. And I'm sure many of you do the same. Why do I have this reaction? On one hand, it's because of the irrational fear of a cop giving me a ticket for something I didn't do. But on the other hand, it is because I know that I'm capable of making a mistake or becoming distracted when driving on a country road in Arkansas and missing a speed limit sign. I am capable of committing a crime. There is a possibility, albeit slight, that I would be guilty if I had not been paying attention, if I let my guard down. I think this is the position in which the apostles find themselves in today's gospel. All throughout the gospels, whenever our Lord announces to them that he will suffer and be killed, the response is usually something along the lines of, you're crazy. Who would want to kill you? That will never happen. You are the Messiah. You can't be killed. And to hear all those same apostles gathered around the table, and Jesus looks at them and he gives them similar grim news, but with a personal twist. Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Now, how do they respond? In the same way, do they say this could never happen? Do they call him crazy? No one would betray you, Lord. What do they say? One by one, they each go around the table, and in the same grim voice, with fear in their hearts, they say, surely it is not I, Lord. Their hearts are probably racing. There is a fear, possibly an irrational fear, that they are already guilty, or that they could be. There is a worry, not because they already feel guilty, but because deep down, they all know there is the possibility. All of them are capable of betrayal. Perhaps they're even thinking what price, what circumstances could lead to such an act on their part. What would they demand to betray their master? And in a way, don't they all, save John, betray him? Peter denies him three times. The rest of the apostles abandon him in his suffering. Only John accompanies him to Calvary. And we know this isn't the betrayal that Christ is talking about here, but it is a real betrayal. And though each of them are struck with, the fear, at, with fear at the possibility, they know it's a real possibility. And so it is with us. Each of us would like to say that we wouldn't betray the Lord. Each of us would say that we have no price by which we can be bought. And yet we're all bought, aren't we? Have we not already given in to the bribe offered us by the enemy? He bribes us with pride, envy, greed, gluttony, wrath, laziness, lust, and we take the bribe. Our Lord is carried off to Calvary because we let ourselves be bought, because we let down our guard, because we weren't paying attention, and we gave in if we ever tried to fight it off to begin with. What was Judas's price? 
Two nights before this gospel, Christ is sitting in the room with Lazarus, whom he had just raised from the dead, with Martha, with the apostles, and with Mary Magdalene. And Mary is pouring expensive oil over his feet and washing them with her hair. Judas cries out that the oil should have been sold and the money given to the poor. But the gospel tells us that in Judas's heart, he had no desire to give this money to the poor. He was a thief. He wanted it for his own purse. And so driven by the pride of being denied what he wanted, driven by greed, he goes the next day to the priest whom he knows are seeking the death of his Lord, and he asks them. He isn't approached by them. He goes to them. What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? 30 pieces of silver. It may sound like a random amount, but it's not random at all. In the law of Moses, 30 pieces of silver is the price of a slave. If your animal mauls the slave of your neighbor, you paid him 30 pieces of silver for the loss of his property. That's the bribe offered to Judas. He has the Lord of all the earth. He has the promise of eternal life, eternal joy, and he is bought out for the price of a slave. All of us in this Holy Week are promised something of infinite value because the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary is a sacrifice of infinite value. He offers us the same thing he offered to Judas, but do we let ourselves be bought as well? How often do we ever go back to him and plead for forgiveness? Are we ever so overcome with gratitude that he offers it to us every time we ask? Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray him.